This is the Heal from Toxic Relationships podcast with me, Dr. Sarah, empowering you to heal from painful relationships to rediscover your self-worth and confidence because you are ready to be the best version of yourself. Hello, my friends, and today we are going to be talking about how do we heal from the long-term pain that a trauma-bonded relationship leaves us with. So countless times I get asked this question of, hey, you know what, this relationship ended a month ago, two months, six months, a year, 10 years ago. But yeah, I still can't stop thinking about that person. I am still in pain from that person. I still hear that person's voice in my head. I still hear all of the messages, all of the narratives, all the things that they made me believe whilst I was in that relationship. And so it might be things like you weren't good enough, that you should be doing better, that you don't deserve and you don't deserve this relationship. You don't deserve various different things that you're not worthy enough. It might be some really harsh critical comments and messages like that that really hit you to your core. And somehow we just can't get over that. Actually, the pain really lasts with us for a really, really long time. And so we could be in a lot of pain due to the relationship for a number of things. So it might be, first of all, because of the attacks that you experience when you're in that relationship. And actually, those attacks haven't yet been healed. And it's almost like you've been cut, you've been stabbed so many different times, and yet your wounds are still open, they're still bleeding. And it's really hard to look after them so that they heal properly, so that you're cared for and that you are met with compassion and love. But also the other reason why you might be healing, it, it might be in pain, sorry, is because of the loss that you experience. So often when a relationship ends, there is a natural grieving process because there was somebody who is in your life, but then they're no longer there. But also the other painful part is the fact that you have developed all these hopes and dreams. And when you're in a trauma-bonded relationship, there is that sense of trust and dependency. There are those promises that your life is going to be magical together and that it is going to last a lifetime, that your love is special, that nobody else can possibly match that. And all of a sudden, you lose that. It's almost like you were put up on a pedestal, but then you're falling from grace. And that in itself can feel incredibly painful. Not only are you use losing the relationship, but you're also losing who it was that you were. You're losing your sense of identity, your sense of self. And so when you come out of that relationship, it's a big question of who am I? I've lost myself. I don't know who I am, where I am, what I should be doing. I, I, I just, it's almost like you're starting from a blank canvas and that in itself can be very, very disturbing and really hard to navigate. And so when people are in these situations, the pain lasts for a really long time. So today we're really going to be talking about ways of how it is that you can deal with this pain and move on from this pain. But first of all, it's important to understand what it is that pains you. So like I mentioned, there are going to be a couple of domains and the primary domains is the first one is the life that you had with that person and the attacks, the narratives, the punishment, the, the detriment to your self-worth and how much it is that you invested in that relationship. But the second layer of pain is the loss of that relationship, but also the loss of yourself. 
when you come out of it. And both of those are really important to recognize. So let's talk about ways of how it is that you can process this pain, how it is that you can move forward from this really, really painful place. First thing is, is recognizing that whenever you're experiencing the pain, there is there are two layers. So there's the actual pain and then there's the block that stops you from processing and healing from the pain. If we start off with what the pain is, often the pain lies within our subconscious. So whenever we experience such painful and such traumatic events within a relationship, that pain really hits us deep and it affects our subconscious. So what I mean by that is that because we become so used to it, because we become so accustomed to it, we end up believing certain things about ourselves. We believe certain things about other people, about how it is that we stand compared to other people in relationships and whether or not we're good enough. But all of that seems to happen under the surface. So if we were to really dig deep, it might be fears or beliefs that are reflective of, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not sure if other people like me, if I deserve love. Even though on the surface level, it might be, well, everybody's equal, right? But the thing is, is that the subconscious mind doesn't know that. And the subconscious mind runs 95% of our behaviors. So if our subconscious mind on some level believes that we're not good enough, and we are reiterating those narratives that we've had from the toxic relationship or that toxic individual we were with, then it becomes really hard for us to know where it is that we, the, the, for how it is that we should behave, where it is that we should go with that. And so first thing that I would say is really slowing down, really being mindful of what is going on underneath the surface. And there are a few questions here that can guide you through that. So only do this if you feel safe and contained enough to do this on your own. Otherwise, please do get a professional. I would absolutely recommend um, doing this with a professional. But some of the things to consider is slowing down and really asking yourself, being fully honest with yourself without any judgment, without any criticism, and meeting yourself with compassion and love, but asking yourself, what is it that's going on for me right now? How am I really feeling right now about myself? And answering that question, how do I feel about myself, will open up a window in terms of what is actually going on underneath the surface. And in this way, you can then start relating to yourself. So the way that I would um, describe this is almost as though you are looking at yourself. And so you're asking the question, how do I feel about myself? But you're also mirrored and you're looking at yourself. So the person that you're looking at yourself is fully exposed and is fully vulnerable. And so you as a person who's looking at yourself, you can then start to see how it is that you feel about yourself. What is it that's been evoked here? And so what is it that's really that you're experiencing under the surface and also I'd be asking if I believe this about myself who am I so for example if I really believe that I was not good enough and this is how I feel about myself that I'm just not good enough then who am I not being good enough 
And so it might be that I am somebody who is never going to find love, that I am somebody who is never going to have a relationship. And that in itself is really evoking, but that might actually be true to what it is that's going under the surface and, and the pain that you're experiencing. Then I would flip over to the other side and really asking with full compassion, full, full love, who would I be if I didn't feel like this, if, if the opposite were true? So who would I be if I didn't believe I was unworthy, if I actually believed that I was worthy? Who would I be in that moment? And if you were to pause and just really consider that and just think, okay, so if I was somebody who didn't believe that I was unworthy, or that I actually believed that I was good enough, who would I be? I'd be somebody who's potentially confident, who wants to go out, who wants to meet people, who wants to explore, who wants to love myself. And so I would then ask myself this following question. Of any examples when that was true? Were there any examples that I can think of and try to come up with three examples? Are there any examples that that was true that I was good enough? That actually I didn't believe the, the negative beliefs or the negative feelings that I have about myself. And so it might be, yeah, there was a moment when I felt really good enough when I was in school and I did really well. Or there was a moment when I felt really good about myself because actually my friends were so kind to me. They were so compassionate and, and they were really thoughtful about me. Or it could be a time that I felt really good about myself because I actually did my best at whatever it is that I found challenging. And so I would really be sitting with absolute openness, with absolute compassion and transparency and just meeting yourself with absolute love and without judgment and asking yourselves those questions. From that place, I would really then start to think, how is it that this relationship has affected, so the relationship with the toxic individual or the trauma bond, how is it that that relationship affected how I see myself? And so feel free to journal this, feel free to map it out, feel free to flow write it, free write it with uh, however it is that you wish. Um, but I would definitely reflect this with pen and paper. And I would really be sitting there thinking, how is it that that re relationship affected the relationship I have with myself? And so it might be that I hear that person's voice all the time and I don't know what to do. It is just a constant running theme in my mind. It might be that, that that person made me feel like I was really ugly and so I still feel like I am really ugly or I question my appearance. It might be that that person made me feel really stupid and I question my intelligence and whether or not I'm good enough. Or that this person made me think like I, I was just terrible at everything and so I end up working extremely hard but I lead myself to burnout. And so I would really, really try to nitpick every single aspect of how that relationship affected your relationship with yourself. So how is it that you speak to yourself? Because often what will happen is, is that the way that somebody else spoke to you will influence how it is that you speak to yourself. So just as a, as a random example, if I was to say, um, let's say if you were in school and you got picked on by the other kids for your hair. Right, this is a bit of a personal disclosure, right? Let's say I was a kid and other people picked on me about my hair being messy. And so I would feel really bad 
But also what's happening in that moment is that they're criticizing me and I feel vulnerable to that. I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel ugly. I then go home and what I do is, is I look at myself in the mirror and as I'm looking at myself in the mirror, I say, oh my gosh, yeah, your hair does look awful. You are so ugly. Who do you think you are? But in that moment, who's actually hearing that message? It's only me who's hearing it. And the thing is, is that whether or not I mean it, my brain interprets it as fact because your brain cannot tell the difference between when you're being sarcastic, if you're joking, or if you actually mean it. It just takes the message as it is. And so in that moment, when I'm criticizing myself, I'm the one who's also being criticized. And, it's, and it mirrors how it is that other people, the relationship, the toxic bonded relationship that you would have had, criticizes you as well. And so that in itself can be incredibly painful. So when you're in that moment, again, go back to journaling, really deciphering, really nitpicking every single element of this and really exploring how is it that that relationship affects the relationship that I have with myself? How is it that I end up talking to myself? And when you really get this down and you've got a few themes going on, so it might be self-criticizing, it might be self-attacking, it might be self-judgment, it might be that... I constantly say that I'm ugly, that I'm not good enough, that I'm stupid, that I'm never going to find love, that nobody loves me. And, and when you get those themes going, I really want you to take a step out as if you are looking at yourself and as if you're looking at this picture and you are looking at yourself having been in this relationship and that you are talking to yourself in this way. I want you to ask yourself this really important question. Whose voice is that? Whose narrative is that? Is that your voice or is that somebody else's voice? Whose voice is it that's telling you that you are not good enough? Is it something that has been curated by you or is it something that you have adopted? Is it a voice that was adopted by somebody else, the trauma-bonded relationship, and somehow it lives inside your mind? And if that's the case, is it living there rent-free? Should it be living there rent-free? And the answer is no. And so there's this, um, there's this tale, I don't know if anybody else has ever heard of it, but it was about a Buddhist monk and this Buddhist monk is giving a speech to a crowd of people and in the crowd, there's this guy who's shouting at him and the Buddhist monk just carries on with the speech. And at the end of the speech, somebody else from the crowd asks him, how did you manage to continue with this other person screaming at you? And the monk just said, if somebody gives you a gift, but you don't want to take it, what happens to the gift? Well, the gift goes back to the owner, to the, to the giver. And the monk said, okay, so it's the same thing. When somebody gives you an attack, you then have the option of whether or not you want to accept it, that be the attack being the gift in a, in a weird way. But actually, do you want to accept it? Or do you want to say, no, thank you, and see that that attack was a reflection of them, that actually it had nothing to do with you? Because the person who is attacking you if they were really self-aware, so the person you're in a trauma-bonded relationship with, if they were really self-aware of what was going on for them, they wouldn't be able to attack you. They wouldn't have the capacity to, to, to express those attacks. But for the fact that they did that, 
really suggests that they were not self-aware, but also that all of those attacks are a reflection of them and it has nothing to do with you. And so this is something that's really important as well to get your head around in the sense that as much as it feels like it's that those messages and those narratives, that painful relationships really gets inside of you and really ingrains every single part of you. And, and it's almost like it constantly lives inside of you. The question really then becomes, is that something that you want to accept? Is that something that you want to accept for yourself? Or is it something that you've inadvertently adopted? Because often when we're met with threat, when we're met with attack, when we're met with criticism, with harshness, we have a tendency to pay attention to that and to and to really absorb that. And that's something that the brain does in terms of how it is that we're wired because we really want to survive. That's the brain's main aim. And so for us to survive, we have to pay attention to things that are threatening to us. But sometimes that works against us in the sense that you learnt how to survive this traumatic relationship by navigating it, by learning all the messages so that you can avoid the criticism. That's that's why you've remembered it. That's why you've internalized this narrative. But it's not to say that that is the healthiest narrative to continue. And it's not the narrative that you need to adopt. But actually, it's okay for you to adopt a new narrative. So how do you get to the new narrative? The new narrative is absolutely with compassion and with love. And this is something that a lot of us really struggle with. And and we struggle with it for a number of reasons. First of all, society, unfortunately, is not geared around compassion. I mean, how many times do you see um, society being really critical of other people? So somebody might be doing a post or might be um, sending out a message or whatever it is, and you actually end up getting a lot of haters. You get a lot more haters than you do lovers, right? And and how how sad is that? But unfortunately, the society that we grow up in is not geared around compassion. But actually, compassion is absolutely the way forward. And so how is it that we do this? Well, compassion is not about there never being pain, but actually compassion is about meeting suffering, acknowledging suffering with love and with tenderness and with gentleness and with kindness. So it is really about observing yourself and really observing your suffering, validating your suffering and allowing ample space for your suffering. Because actually that part of you that suffers is vulnerable, it is innocent, and all it wants was to be loved. All it continues to want is to be loved. It wanted to be loved in that relationship, and unfortunately it didn't see that. That actually you are just vulnerable, and that inner child that you have, which by the way we all have an inner child, regardless of your emotional or personal development, but that inner child inside of you, just wants to be loved and deserves to be loved. It, the, the, it, it's not even a question about deservedness because for the very nature of your existence, love is mandatory, is absolutely compulsory. And so really acknowledging your suffering and really opening the door to expressing your emotions, recognizing your emotions and that vulnerable side of you and, and allowing it to speak. So if you were to take that position of that injured space, what would it want to say? 
what is it that it wants to hear back in return? So it might be that you want to say, actually, what happened to me was absolutely awful and I'm hurting so, so much and all I wanted was to be loved and I'm good enough to be loved and why the hell was I not loved? And that's okay. You might want to have a tantrum and that's totally okay as well because actually it's just unspoken emotions. It's unexpressed emotions. And those are the emotions that need to be expressed so that we can move through the pain. And so when you are expressing these emotions, I want you to say it with absolutely no filter, without any judgment, that this is just your true, honest, authentic self, your actual experiences and the suffering that you have undergone. And with that, I would also encourage you to meet that with love and with kindness. And so after all of the expression, I want you to ask yourself this question. What do I need to hear right now? And offer that to yourself. So it might be, I really need to be loved right now. I need to hear that I didn't deserve that shit. (laughs) I need to hear that I deserved love. I deserved compassion. I deserved affection. I needed to be appreciated. And so really sit with that. What do I need to hear right now? And when you've got that, offer it to yourself. And so the way that I would like to describe this is almost if you divide yourself into two so that there's this vulnerable side of you that is really injured, that is struggling, that is suffering. And then there's this wise side of you. The wise side of you is the adult who's able to see that all human beings on this earth are equal and deserve to be treated equal and all deserve to be met with love and compassion. And so when you've got this adult side, the wise side, looking at this vulnerable side, the vulnerable side has expressed the emotion. It's expressed the vulnerability. It's expressed the suffering that it's undergone. And it's saying, I really want to be loved. And so it's up to the wise side to say, you are loved. You are lovable. I am lovable. And genuinely offer that from a place of compassion, pace of love. And it may be easier to see yourself as a younger version of yourself. And so if you've got any photos of yourself as a child growing up, and it might be up until the age of say six or seven, and you've got a photo of that, I would really encourage you to look at that picture of your younger self and and see the innocence of that younger self in you. And actually, how much love, how much compassion did that five, six, seven-year-old self deserve? Because I bet you it's a lot. Actually, you were just born into this world and all you wanted was to live life, to play and to be happy and to be loved. And that is absolutely what you need and what you deserve. And when you're really able to hold on to this, When you've really got this narrative in terms of what it is that you need to hear, I would then create a mantra around this. So the mantra, it might be something along the lines of, I am enough. It was never a question about me not being enough because I've always been enough. It's never been a question about this person completing me or not completing me. They had their own suffering. I'm able to grow through that anyway. It might be that I deserve all the good things that happen to me. 
that I am open to receiving love. I am open to receiving healing. And so whatever the mantra is that that sits best with you, I would absolutely recommend for you to, to develop that and to really hold on to that and to practice that multiple times a day. And I would really recommend actually that you start practicing that maybe four or five times a day and it might gradually over time uh, reduce. But really do hold on to that. And I would even have like little post-it notes or on your phone or something just to remind you of that. Even if you have an alert on your phone that goes off at random points in the day to remind you to do this mantra, to just speak it quietly to yourself or to read it out loud, however it is that you want to practice it. But this is something really for you to hold in mind because in today's society, we always get caught up in other people's narratives. We get all caught up in other people's relationships and the relationship that we have with other people. But ultimately, the real truth is that the biggest relationship you will ever have in life is the one with yourself. And so if that relationship that you have with yourself is a toxic one in the sense that actually you've adopted a toxic narrative from somebody else and you're embodying that to yourself, you're talking critically towards yourself and you're the one who's hearing that message sadly you're not going to get very far actually you're just going to be repeating the same messages that you previously had and so the relationship that you have with yourself will also go downhill and the one that you have with yourself is the one that you are going to hear most of this is actually going to be the lifelong relationship but also your mind is your only home And so it better be a healthy one. It better be one that is clear that you can, that you know that you can feel safe in, that you know that you're going to be met with compassion in. For example, the house that you live in, I bet that you would want your house to look nice, that some of you may have gone out and decorated your house because you want it to be cozy, you want it to look nice, you want it to feel good. Same thing with your mind. Actually, we need to clear out the stuff that doesn't serve us so that we can invite things that do serve us. And I'm just so grateful for all of you um, for joining in and for listening to me. I really do not take any of your ears for granted at all. So obviously, if there are any questions whatsoever, please do get in touch. My Instagram account is Sawi, And you can also find me on my website, HealTraumaBonding.com. And the links are in the show notes. And until next time, take care.